Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 7 of Highly Heard, the podcast where two best friends hip each other to new music, break it down from a slightly skewed musician's perspective, and record it just for you. My name is Rowan Smith. With me, as always, the ever-talented singer-songwriter, Miss Sybil Chanel. How are you tonight, dog? Hey, hey, Ro. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, how was your week? My week was pretty good. I, I've spent my week with my aunt. Uh, my 96-year-old came to visit. You showed it to me on, on FaceTime. She looked adorable. She is precious. <laughs> um, and it was her last week in town. So I spent my time around the house hanging out with her and cooking and whatever other random foolishness yeah. she wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my week. That was that was it was good. It was no, a family week. Nothing uh, on the creative front, just all family. Uh, and I, I did some some writing uh, and some flushing out of a couple tunes or ideas that I've had for a minute. And that felt good. But honestly, my focus was family time. Cool, man. And it, it was cool. It was real cool. Right on. Felt good. How was your week? What did um, you do? I worked and worked and worked. Work. My billboard is up, though. Yeah. I'm kind yeah. of excited about that. I saw that. I saw it today. Where Where did you see it? Because I've only seen it in one spot so far. Mm, oh, that's not I true. Was I was coming from uh, up to, um, uptown. So Claiborne, Claiborne, right by the overpass, I guess. Like Claiborne and I ten. That's where I saw it. Yeah, yeah, Claiborne and I ten. Yeah, apparently it's up in a few other places. Other people have told me about it. Um, it's crazy to see my artwork that big. I've done like, you know, back in the day I did graffiti or called myself a graffiti artist when I was a kid, but like, I've never done anything as big as a billboard, especially nothing that was like tight and concise and absolutely my art and my style, but done on a giant billboard. It's pretty cool, man. But yeah, man, it was cool. Congrats on that. Thank you. Um, otherwise music stuff, writing and recording, uh, do I worked on a couple logos? Um, fucking Tom Petty passed away, which kind of broke my heart a little bit. When I I thought I was what? uncertain about that. Yeah, apparently, like apparently somebody got a hold of the news that he was not well, and somehow it got out that he had died before he did, and. But he's it. He has passed, and unfortunately, um, unfortunately, we lost one of the greats. Tom Petty. Yeah, what's weird about Petty though is like, you don't think you know Petty until you a Petty song comes on, and then it's like I know every Tom Petty lyric. Like, I could sing along to almost all of his hits. The man is a fucking hit parade. I could sing along to maybe two cuts from the nineties. Yo, you say that. You say that, and I said the same shit. Let me put on one of his greatest hits records. You will sing the whole fucking thing. That's a promise. That's a promise. I don't know about that one, bro. I'm telling you. I don't um, know. Yeah, and then like the crazy shit in Vegas. Like It's been a heavy oh, week, man. Yeah, it's been that a was... heavy week. So I'm glad you... <laughs> that was something, man. I'm glad that Jesus. you gave me... Right? I mean... I'm, I'm not... Jesus. Just, yeah. That was... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Very sad, very heavy. So that's why I'm glad you gave me this, the record that you did, because uh, it had some poignant and uplifting and uh, apropos songs on it for, for the kind of week that I was having. Word. And that that, uh, that a lot of people have been having. Word. So let's get into it, man. Uh, what? Well, first off, we should say that this is our, this is our uh, personal heroes episode. 
Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, personal so heroes episode. This indeed. is our personal heroes episode. So uh, these are records that uh, spoke to us deeply and had some sort of an effect on who we are as musicians. At least mine, the one I gave you did. Um, so what was the record that you gave me? So the record I gave you uh, is by Stevie Wonder, who is definitely a personal hero. Mm. Um, his music has definitely shaped the way that I think of music and express music and even listen to music. Mm-hmm. So so which, which record, yeah. what record was it? Uh, I gave you Fulfilling This First Finale. Okay. Out of his 375 records... Hey, hey, the man, the man has done, the man has done a lot. I found the, I found the album. Um, and, uh, I gave you one of my favorite singers of all time, uh, with a, with an album that I think is kind of, uh, kind of a bit left of center versus what he usually does. Uh, I gave you Bobby McFerrin's medicine music. <clears throat> Personally, I think it's one of his masterpieces, but we'll get into that. Uh, which one do you want to do first? You want a Rochambeau? Okay. All right. Oh, wait, on, what is what do you, what, on what is shoot? It? One, two, three, shoot. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. All right. I lost. All right, so me first. Uh, <laughs> you gave me Stevie Wonder, final fulfillingness, fulfilling finals, finales. No, fulfilling the first finale. <laughs> it's a lot of Fs. Fulfilling, fulfilling this, this first, first finale. finale. Yeah. Um, this is a Stevie record that I don't have too much experience with. This is uh, his 1974 release on Tambla. Tamla, yeah. Tamla. Yep. Uh, yeah, the further back I go with Stevie, the more I realize that I'm more familiar with his singles, unfortunately, than I am with his deep cuts. So this is one of those singles that stuck out to me on this record. It's uh, Boogie on Reggae Woman. I like to see you boogie right across the floor. I like to do it till you holler for more. I like to reggae, but you dance too fast for me. I like to make my songs though he's talking about boogie on reggae woman the song has nothing to do with reggae sound wise at all like there's nothing about the song that says reggae no <laughs> which but man this song grooves i love that he's using that uh sounds like it might be like some kind of a low-end synth of some kind for the bass yeah uh, i hear that it's not a it's not a traditional bass no not at and all and he's got uh you know him playing piano on it which is just masterful as always in that true stevie fashion i think he's playing all of that i think he's you know he's he's playing the keys the drums it's very possible i think he's playing just about everything on this record actually it's very possible uh we do have some players on the record on bass we got james jamerson 
on pedal steel guitar, we got Sneaky Pete Clean Out. There's so many Sneaky Pete. I like man. that. Sneaky so, Pete. We know a Sneaky Pete. I love that. We know a Sneaky Pete. Do we? Yeah, shout out to Sneaky Pete of the Fence. He's played with the Asylum Chorus before we showed Oh, up. Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete. Okay. On I bass, saw a video. Yeah. yeah. On bass, we got uh, Reggie McBride. On percussion, we got Bobby Porter. Guitar, we got Michael Sambello. And Stevie Wonder is on the rest. And of course, you got the those classic slide harmonica solos from Stevie. But uh, yeah, on Boogie On, this is uh, just an unbeatable groove. I agree. It's it's a it's a rocker. It's a really nice song. I like the um, I like the innuendos in it. I like yeah. this song is pretty much him just kind of slick talking, if you it will. Is. And uh, it's it's him doing it to perfection uh-huh. with a funky groove behind it to let you know, like, yeah. But he's also kind of saying, you hey. know what, I, I can't keep up with this chick. Like, like I want you. Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, I, I want you. You're amazing. What's wrong with you? But what I am can't. I supposed to do with you? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. I love the callbacks with the piano. I love the callback between piano and vocal. He'll, like, hit a vocal line, and then there'll be a piano callback. And, you know, of course... His runs are so musical to begin with that like when he's run when he does a run and then he'll answer himself back on the piano. What a beautiful little conversation he's having there. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. He does that frequently and beautifully. Right? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately there's not enough changes in this tune. It's all this one groove. The changes are mostly in vocals and like like certain instruments come in and drop out, but it's this groove the whole time true i mean the, the groove maintains does it really need to change though no. he gives you like it he gives you other things like he gives you other aspects to like change the feel or the vibe if you will i don't know i feel like but it's the same the... i think it's the same feel and vibe to this whole actually you know what i was gonna say i'll take that back what he does is he gives you different <laughs> things he, he he applies things and removes things to give you dynamic he gives but he you keeps some dynamic sure he keeps a consistent vibe i mean he this, changes the dynamic he's got a he's got a slide harmonica solo in place of where a bridge should be like where the change should be he just all right let, let me rock this slide harmonica now <laughs> and what another thing i want to say about stevie's slide harmonica playing i don't want to hear slide harmonica on anybody else's music ever he's the only one that can get away with it not only that when i hear a slide harmonica on other people's music i think i think biting stevie. that's got or did they get stevie wonder right did they get stevie wonder to come in and play sting did when I heard it on Sting's record, I was like, oh, boo, ripping off Stevie, <laughs> fucking ripping off Stevie. God damn. Cause I love Sting and I love, I love original Sting, Sting being himself. And I was like, God damn it. He's ripping off Stevie. And then I looked at the album liner notes and it's and fucking like, nope, Stevie. He didn't do like, it. He didn't okay, rip it off. You're still, you're still the shit. He went legit. You're still the shit. <laughs> he did. But no, I agree with you on the slide harmonica thing as well. That's mm-hmm. funny. It is a sound that I automatically associate with Stevie Wonder. Period. So I get what you're saying about not wanting to hear it on another person's album. I concur. Yeah, it's uh, it's that quintessential Stevie. It's like, you know, he's got his sound when he plays piano. I mean, he's got that like really sharp staccato sound when he plays. It's that, you know, very rhythmic patterns that he plays in. And that it's, that's obviously Stevie on the piano. But then when, he's also got that sound on the slide harmonica it's like that's obviously stevie and when it's not it's somebody biting stevie 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I do. I totally do. Although um, <clears throat> I do love this record as a whole. There are some down like down times on the record. And that's one of the things that I, and I feel the same way about Prince. And you've heard me say this before. Either I absolutely love the song or I'm 100% indifferent. Like don't give a shit about it. It doesn't move me one way or the other. Um, there's a few of those tracks on this record by and large they get to me because stevie wonder's a genius but then there's other tunes where i'm just like meh nah no thanks this record could have been a good four songs shorter i would have been happy i dig majority of the tunes on yeah. this record. Well, this is I, a- I i'm with stevie i admit maybe i'm biased or with stevie though i'm usually down for his stuff like well, he's one of your personal heroes. So like how, where does this record itself fit in, in the pantheon of, you know, heavy duty civil records? This album just gave me a different side of Stevie. Yeah. It gave me a little bit more um, depth and it just showed me it, it, this album presented different options and different ways to present your voice. Like you can be soulful over any fucking thing. Yeah. Like you could take classical music, which is intense and emotional music, but it's not stereotypically soulful. Sure. There is soul to it to some degree. Um, but for just using one of the tracks that you utilized. I mean, all music has soul to in take it. that and to like make it a soul song and put it on an R&B record Mm -hmm. and have it work and play and have that record be recognized and respected. And you know what I mean? He did some cool shit. Stevie did some cool shit. Stevie did all the cool shit. And this just gave me more cool shit to love him for. More more ammo to be like, ah, Uh you are that guy. But this wasn't like one of the ones that you just put on repeat or anything or what? Like what? This became one of those. Yeah. I got introduced to this record at when, when I was older. Like Songs in the Key of Life was the one that I grew up on. This record was introduced uh, to me by one of my best friends at a time when um, I was kind of having some some emotional things happening, and there was like a couple of songs that How like related to my life. So this, I was grown ass woman. This is like. 25 what yeah i heard this album when i was like 25 yo this was like yeah this was a this was a this was a late stevie intro but it still had that much of an impact it it still was like a wait a minute so he went this route also Mm. because like i I mean of course you've heard songs like boogie on reggae woman i heard that tune but i hadn't heard for example they won't go that's another side of stevie please don't go another album on this uh, another song on this album uh-huh. showed me a different side of stevie there's a few songs on here that just gave me a new vibe gave me a new perspective on stevie's music like i said i'd done songs in the key of life i'd done talking book i'd done the older motown young boy stevie stuff um i have not really dug too much of the 80s nah, nah. And I mean, like, no offense, it's there's there's great music in that um, woman in red soundtrack. had a couple joints on it that I dug. But um, and there's a few other like random little hits. But uh, I really dig Stevie of the 70s. Yeah. And so this was a new for me at that time. This was a new Stevie in the 70s uh-huh. in that what I call like super introspective, like just I don't know that that was his hot shit era to me. And uh, this was this was a new piece hmm. 
to that to that collection. Right on, right on. Of course, his music pulls from all these different places, and he brings all this extra shit in from um, other musical traditions and and uh, new and evolving musical traditions that were happening all around him throughout the '60s and '70s and '80s. He went with the he went with the electronic wave when the 80s came in. Oh, yeah, he definitely catches the times. He moves with the times is what I was trying to say. Thank he you. moves with the times but remains consistently himself. Yeah. His his sound is still his sound, but he does, he does like, change or, like, try to at least adjust mm-hmm. and, like, acknowledge the times and the trends. I mean, he's a, he's an icon. He's an icon. I can't say, I can't say that his music was as important to my, the shaping of me as a musician as it was to you. Uh, but he's one of those guys, man, that you can't, you don't get to a lot of your favorite musicians without going through Stevie first. I, does that make sense? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear that. Uh, Stevie did a lot for me as a vocalist. I think that's a big part of the mm, reason that I am like, I could see that your runs, your runs are very, uh, he did a lot Akin. for me. He, he did me. He did. He did a lot for to me. His, yeah. As could, a vocalist, like, I could see that. He was definitely an artist that I sat in the dark in my front room yeah. and like listened to on repeat and like uh-huh. listened to runs that he did on repeat and like did my best to mimic. So oh, that I, I could, noticed, like, friends. If you get, want to hear what she's talking about, look you know? up a lovely triangle. Uh, listen to some of this young lady's runs. Sybil Chanel is a beast. Thanks for thinking so, Partially, <laughs> partially because of Stevie here. The next song I want to talk about uh, is They Won't Go When I Go. Mm. Now, this tune is one of the slower tunes on the record, but goddamn, it's so beautiful vocally. And he's got like, I think, so, I want to talk about his backup vocalists. Uh, I'm going to talk about that when we after we listen to this real quick. It's this a heavy is, tune, man. This is a heavy tune, but goddamn, is it beautiful. The song is called They Won't Go When I Go. more lying friends wanting tragic ends though they do pretend they won't go when I go I love the way the song builds. It's so beautiful. And the it's vocalists. beautiful. It's dramatic. It's it's like a classical joint. The vocals he's got on this, the when the backing chorus comes in, uh, the I think it's a moog that he's got simulating horns and strings, but it's haunting. And yeah. Just the vocals are also. And man, the message behind this tune is heavy as. Fuck. Yeah. And here's another thing I want to say about Stevie. He catches me off guard because I'm not, I mean, at the risk of sounding cheese ball, like I'm a much more spiritual person than I am a religious person. Stevie catches me grooving to like some seriously religious tunes. Because <laughs> this song is definitely very, on a religious tip. Very religious. and But it's also on like a, a real tip. Like at the end of the day, this song is, in my opinion, mm. saying, you know, there's this This song is essentially saying, you're at the end of the day, you live your life for you. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you can't worry about what people say, what people do, what people whatever. Like at the end of the day, they won't go when you go. Right. All you have is you. You have your life. You will only be yourself one mm-hmm. time. Live it. Live it well. And let the rest of the shit go. <laughs> and when he lifts, when he lit, when his voice lifts up in the middle of this tune, it's just so... Oh, gut-wrenching. And then those little callbacks from the backing vocalists. I want to talk about these vocalists he's got on this record. The background vocalists are a group of beasts. Some of these names I recognize from other projects. Um, some of them I recognize from being like some of the greatest pop stars of all time. Uh, let's see, we got Paul Anka, Jim Gilstrap, Lainey Groves, Larry Latimer, Minnie Ripperton, Sarita Wright. The Jackson Five and the Persuasions singing back up. <laughs> Dude, the point when the Jackson Five pop up in the album is yeah. one of my favorite moments of the Well, they the might album. just pop up a little later on the <laughs> podcast, but goddamn. I mean, when you, when you think about what an icon Stevie is, that he's got the Jackson Five singing back up for him and the Persuasions singing back up for him. And again, you've got beasts like Minnie Ripperton singing background. Denise Williams is also on this album. Denise Williams is on this album. And she's also it's a beast. A, it's, it's a pretty ridiculous lineup of singers he's got. And when somebody like Stevie is asking you to sing backup, like you must be a monster. Like you must be a monster. Right? Definitely. Like you kind of have to be a you, beast you, yeah, to, yeah, get, I agree. to get that call. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And so, obviously, these people are fucking beasts. Right? <laughs> Man. Just beautiful. Again, I love the classical feel of it. And he brings he brings a classical meets gospel sung with this soul style of his. It's just amazing. As I mentioned, like, one of the things I like about this album is that he... It, it's genre bending. Is that what they call it? Or well, Stevie himself genre, is genre melding, bending. maybe not even bending. It's genre melding. Sure. I I love how he goes through like different genres. Well, Stevie's in, a like, master. One song. Stevie's like, a master. You've seen those old videos of him playing drums and then playing yeah. the piano and then playing yeah. the xylophone. But and I then... mean, from he taps into like human emotion in a really dope way to me. Like he can take you through different emotions and different feelings really quickly. In one tune, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh shit! Oh yeah! I mean, he's he's an amazing writer. I, I I have to say, he sometimes falls victim to being a plain writer. Sometimes his lyrics are just too plain, um, and they don't pack the punch that I'd like them to. But a song like "They Won't Go When I Go" punches you Packs a punch. right in the gut from jump, like from from the opening lyrics. The opening piano part is beautiful itself, but then the opening lyrics come in. And when he hits that first, they won't go when I go. It's like, oh, fuck. Now I know where we're going with this tune. And it's. <laughs> and we're deep in now. Right, right. There. And it's, a, it's a kick to the solar plexus, man. I mean, Stevie, Stevie can get you. But when you least expect it, have you fucking cry into a religious tune and you're not a religious man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stevie's the shit. Um, he, he taps into human emotion in a really powerful way. He can. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about him. And that's one of the reasons that he is one of my personal heroes. See, I get that. I totally get that. And like part of me wishes that I had been hipped to Stevie earlier in my life 
because uh, he's such a, he's such you know he's such a, a powerful force in music and he's such a staying such a long stayed force. Yeah, he's long lasting music, if you right? Will. Right, and like ev- everybody that is anyone has pulled directly from Stevie or has been inspired directly by him, myself included. To this day, people are still crediting him. I guess what I'm saying is maybe I would have been a better singer had I been (laughs) hipped to Stevie a little earlier. Like I'm no slouch man, but I I, I feel like my game would have been upped if I was like singing along to Stevie (laughs) instead of some of the other cats I was singing to when I was younger. You know what I mean? Maybe so, bro. Right. So when I was going through this record, I was trying to find songs that weren't your typical hits. You know, that mm-hmm. not everybody would know about from listening to your Stevie Wonder best, you know, best of okay. greatest hits or whatever, because everybody knows Stevie through those, at least people that weren't, you know, around like millennials and whatnot. They know his, it's just like most people know fucking Bob Marley's legend. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they know is that the tunes on that, they, the deeper cuts are a bit more obscure for most people. Uh, and I think the same is said for Stevie. Also, his body of work is so dense. So I was trying to find tunes that weren't so, uh, like I said, so hit-oriented. And uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me, it's not one that I come across too often, but uh, the Jackson 5 are on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if the fact that I don't come across this a lot on Greatest Hits albums is very surprising to me. But uh, this tune is called You Haven't Done Nothing, uh, featuring the Jackson 5 on backing. Yeah, great tune. come through killing see this is one of those stevie tunes that moves there's dynamics there's changes uh i love the way that pre-hook comes in and builds into those horns on the chorus so good do this this harpsichord sounding bass line or like synth line that's the clav clav, yeah, yeah the clav that makes this song Weak old baby diaper funky. (laughs) And you just can't help but be like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. And then he's coming through with like a killer message that is still fucking relevant. Right. This album was made in 1974. We're in 2017. Still saying the same shit. Right. Shout out to America for change. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous because these songs keep getting written and, uh, it's almost like white America is just now waking up to it because of all the video cameras that are around. But obviously, Black America has been singing about it to white America for you know since the advent of recording, and uh, the fact that these songs were hits, and people are still surprised by what they're seeing in the media now today, is befuddling. It's 
It's bogus as fuck. Yeah, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Man. <laughs> so it's pretty goddamn ridiculous. But then he's got the Jackson Five on this song singing "Dude Wops." When you have the Jack, when you're that much of an icon, this is my favorite part right here. Wait, you, you gotta. Oh, uh, yeah, it, yeah. See, when you're that much of an icon that you're bringing in the Jackson Five to sing "Dude Wops." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but he brings him out so gangster. Jackson Five now help me sing. I said, dude, like, come on, goddamn it! Like, you're like, by this point, you're like so deep into the song, yeah. That you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh what? Wait, did he just? Oh shit! It's the Jackson Five. Dude, what? Okay. Just singing, dude, what? Dude, and they like, killed it. And Clean oh, yeah, as fuck. They slay it, but but that's what I'm saying. And like, it sounds like them. But that's what I'm saying. The Jack people like the Jackson Five were willing to come through and just be like, oh yeah. Uh, Anything you say, Mr. Wonder, we'll sing Doodwop. We are the, the, the biggest pop group in the world, and we, we're more than happy to come in and sing Doodwop. Right. No problem, Mr. Mr. Wonder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Morris. Yeah, right? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Wonder. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. So that's those are my three favorite tunes on the record. Uh, there's a couple other ones that are definitely... Like, um, I mean, most of this record is amazing. Like I said, the, there's a couple of songs that I could have done without, but that's just cause like, I'm not a fan of the sappy Stevie. When Stevie gets super sappy, can't say that I'm super into it. I like a little bit of sappy Stevie. I totally do. Um, I just want to like give a little love to creep or creep in on this album, which is a song that Luther Vandross later covered and it was a hit for him. Uh Um, if you ever want to hear like. The original. Check this album. Great tune. Um, yeah, just wanted to show a little love to that tune because right it's a good on, one. Man. Well, back to this, you haven't done nothing. There was something about this song when it came on. And I was like, yeah, I know this song. Like, I know this song. And then uh, the Jackson 5 came in and I was like, wait a minute. I don't know this song. But wait a minute. I do know this song. And I kept going back and forth. And uh turns out that one of my favorite groups of all time third bass sampled this song for uh pop goes the weasel and uh sir mix a lot also sampled this song oddly enough but i knew that i forget which song sir mix a lot sampled this for but i know he did i fucking know he did uh but yeah that that horn section when that horn section came in i was like oh third bass that's right that's where i know this song uh, the only song I know about them is Gas Face. Gas Face? Nah, they, man, I love Third Base. They, they're, they've got two albums, and both of them are great. Uh, you should check them out. Also, check out their respective solo albums. When they broke up, they both put out solo records. Daddy Rich and Pete Nice went off on their own and made a solo record. Search made his own solo record. Uh, Searches is a little bit better. I hate to say it. Sorry, guys, but Searches is a little bit doper. But still, Daddy Rich's cuts are fucking dope. Anyway, back to this track. Uh, yeah, third bass and those guys sampled this tune. The horn line is absolutely infectious. Otherwise, so many people wouldn't be sampling it, right? It is pretty fucking infectious. It's amazing and it's so clean. It's so, so clean. clean. It's so clean. But his clav playing on this too, that staccato. Again, that's that. That's that quintessential Stevie playing. Anytime you hear that that staccato, quick, sharp clav work, you know it's Stevie. Word. You know? And it's, again, it's just funky. It adds, it adds such an intense amount of feeling to mm-hmm. the tune. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a sassy tune and it adds 
a lot of sass. Yeah. It's a lot of mm, uh, stank. Doo-doo-wop. Like, mm, motherfucker. A we are amazed, but not at all amused. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just all kinds of attitude. Just, mm. That was great. We are amazed, but not at all amused. That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, I guess if I, if I, okay, so when you're talking about Stevie Wonder and you have to rate a Stevie Wonder record, it's like you can only really rate Stevie Wonder against Stevie Wonder. Like you can't say, well, as far as albums go in that time or of that genre or whatever, like Stevie, his only competition is himself, I feel like. There's only a few I artists. Can, I can go with that. You know, there's only a few artists that I would agree about, agree on that about. There's only a few artists that I would say that about, but Stevie is one of them. Uh, so if I'm judging this album against all other albums, it's like an A plus record. But if I'm judging it against other Stevie records, this is like a B minus record. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because there's other Stevie records that are heads and shoulders above as far as like great song after great song after great song after great song. No dips in the greatness of the album. This album had a few too many dips as far as Stevie albums go. This is a B minus. Okay. Uh, if you had to rate this album, as far as Steve, give me two though, like against other albums and then against other Stevie albums. Um, all around, I give this album a solid A. Uh huh. Um, both uh, against, well, first of all, against Stevie albums, I give it a solid A. Really? I do. Um, I was not a big fan of young Stevie doopy boppy like it was cool it was cute but i like stevie more on this tip i mm-hmm. like stevie on this vibe talking book vibe songs in the key of life vibe like right i like i like this stevie um i so i i give this album an a i i mentioned earlier it it goes through several genres and uh-huh. that is always impressive to me sure um and he executes each one supremely there's never like there's never like a a moment where you're like wait wait where's this going it's always a natural flow Mm -hmm. um lyrically i think this album is very strong yeah um musically it's strong and i mean i fucking love stevie and i I think think that this album gives me uh it gives me a chance to appreciate his voice as well because there's a lot of slow songs where he's like Kind of stretching it out. See, that's like, where I feel like lyrically he lacks. I think on his slow love songs, it's a little too run-of-the-mill lyrically. But then on his you know, powerful songs, that's when he gets serious lyrically. That's when, his, that's when he gets more poetic to me. Scroll back up on that thing for me. To the album. Um... I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that they're like that cheesy, though. Uh, like, there are some slow cuts on here that are... That are cool, like creeping. Creeping is cool. Creeping is like this whole song where he's saying like, "Yo, like something about you, like I, you just you creep into my dreams. Like mm-hmm. I think about you in the most 
amazing ways and like <laughs> i'm kind of like infatuated with you Word. like it's cute it's not cheesy sure. like i'm not and saying I, I anything like it's, against it's that well tune said. in particular i'm saying that he has his moments of simplicity that don't work for me lyrically. he does i mean lyrically. well he, he has some moments of simplicity i i agree. just lyrically though musically he's always he's always fucking mind-blowing he's mind-blowing musically and vocally the only place he ever lacks for me is lyrically okay so, but yeah, I, I totally give this album an A. Okay, um, A for you. Uh, B minus against other Stevie records for me. Uh, if I'm again, if I'm judging it against like other records of the time, it's an A plus record. Like so, what? Like what other Stevie records? Like, would you like? Would you like compare it to? Or like, you know what I mean? Uh, like which one spoke to you? What's the double? The double album. The um. The double album, the one that you said you were introduced Songs in to, Songs in the Key of Life. Songs in the Key of Life is head and shoulders above this album. Uh, Musicarium is another one, head and shoulders above. Like those are A plus Stevie records to me. Those are definitely good records, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, those are those are that's good records. A plus Stevie. Like the one you gave me is B minus Stevie. Okay, but it's A plus against everything else you know what i mean does well, that make sense yeah okay. it is well yeah uh i'd say that this record is worth a listen i'd say that this record is worth a buy if you're a stevie wonder completist pick up this record uh f- what's it called final fill finale fill- no fulfillingness, fulfill- it's fi- called fulfillingness first finale fulfillingness and shout out to finale. my homegirl Dewana uh for introducing me to this album thanks not pick it up uh, and while you're at it, pick up as much Stevie as you can get your hands on. If you're not terribly yeah, familiar, do it for yourself. I mean, I know, I know people our age are like, Oh, whatever we know. St- of course we know Stevie, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that might be listening that just aren't hip enough, man. And you got to get hip to Stevie. You should definitely do it. Everybody has do it to for get yourself. hip to Stevie. Do it for yourself. Your, your, your soul will thank you. So Sybil, what record did I give you this week? <laughs> <laughs> you gave me Bobby McFerrin medicine music. Um, it's one of my favorite records of all time. Why is it one of your favorite records of all time? Um, well, first off, just because it's it's Bobby McFerrin, amazing singer, mind blowing uh, vocal techniques that he exhibits. Are, it's just truly magical, also, wizard wizard like. Yeah, also a absolutely killing composer. Yeah, yeah. Com- yeah well highly respected guy. cat um my aunt when i was very young i was maybe 13 or 14 and my aunt uh sharon shout out to my aunt sharon i love you she had back problems and she was hemmed up in her bed listening to this album on tape on her walkman and she played this song called jima for me and i begged her to let me take the tape and make a dub of her dub you know, so I had like a second generation dub of this tape and I wore it out. I still have it to this day. I've got it in the in the closet over there. But man, I mean, this this record to this day, I mean, there, a day doesn't go by that a song from this record isn't played in my life, period. Like since I'm 13, 14 years old. Word. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Deep connection. Very. To, to this record. So, okay. So um, the record came out in 1990. So I would have been 12. So yeah, 12-year-old me was rocking this. <laughs> 10-year-old me had not heard of it. <laughs> yeah, man. I got hipped to weird music when I was a kid. I was like the only kid listening to Bobby McFerrin and Miles Davis and Harry Connick Jr. and shit. 
Okay. I feel like I was a weird kid too in my musical choices, so I get it. Yeah. Um, all right. The first song that I want to talk about on this album is uh, The Garden. song starts off uh, I'm there it in the Garden of Eden well <laughs> for me it was the groove yeah um, I was I it, it it pulled me in with the groove it starts out um, sounding like something from the 80s for me something mm-hmm. like uh, like back in the day like something something Lady Smith Mombazo sure. would have done it totally gives me that vibe I which thus that. gives me what were they South African I believe I believe so so it gives me that it gives me African influence uh-huh. um, and then I didn't realize until a little later on uh-huh. like it was actually about the Garden of Eden that's what I mean these um, fuckers get these okay look Bobby McFerrin Prince and Stevie Wonder and Stevie Wonder have all done it to me They've all made me groove to these religious they tunes. They slide a little Jesus on you. They before do. I realize that I'm grooving to a religious tune. They it's, do. They slide a little bit of Jesus on you. And this this song does. This song also makes me happy because as soon as I heard like the 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 vocal bass line, it took me a second, like, what is that? Like, what does that make me think of? And it makes me think of um what is that the fugees the fugees yeah it gives me the fugees <laughs> which is also which also gives me this old school reggae joint sure that i can't think of the name of and forgive me i mean no disrespect um but it gave me like a familiar vibe uh-huh. which made me happy um Another reason that I, I mentioned this song is I appreciate the way it builds. Everyone knows Bobby McFerrin for his vocal comp- compositions and his him using his voice for everything or yeah. his body, his voice and his body. And his body, yeah. Um, for everything. And this um, song, it's it's the build on it is simple. Hmm. And so it, it for me, it highlights hmm. his skill and his ability to simply use his voice and his body to create an entire tune that gives you dynamic, that gives you, it pulls you in, you, you don't lose interest and you don't miss instrumentation. You never do with Bobby. Ever. Ever. He, he covers all bases with his melodies and with, like you said, with his body percussion and his range is, I mean, the man's got like four and a half, five octaves on him. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he can cover all parts of, of everything. He can mimic an, an upright bass like no one I've ever heard before. Yeah. He can mimic pretty, lots of instruments. He really like, does. Like no one I've ever heard right? before. Um, and that's part of what like makes him so fucking amazing. He is, he has actually, okay, so Tenacious D made a joke out of it, out of inward singing. But he actually does inward sing. It's he makes notes out of his breaths. He does when he breathes in. It'll be a note. It's amazing. It's a ama- the man's a fucking genius. Um, 
one another little random tidbit that I'd like to mention, or not even another, but a random tidbit I'd like to mention about this album. It's called Medicine Music. Um, not only does it touch a, if you look at the album cover, he's like kind of giving you a, a shaman-like, mm-hmm. um, not outfit, but he's got a, a shaman-like presence. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got, he's, it's definitely kind of like a, an art performance shaman. Yeah. And yeah. the the songs on this album are very, uh, all of them are essentially soothing and calming. Mm, um, very. And well, mostly. Yeah. Sure. Um, and there's a, a few. There's a, a few that are that have some very poignant mm. things Heavy to say. Messages. We might get into that a little bit later. But I just want to say that um, this album. The reason I'm mentioning all of these things about this album is because this album was actually also used as a soundtrack for an for an AIDS documentary really uh in like 1989 and I guess it was a it was a a pretty big deal the documentary it was narrated by Dustin Hoffman um like I said Bobby McFerrin did the soundtrack for it wow um so was this do you know if this was written specifically for that or if the or if this was like an after after the fact they were like can we use this I think it was I think some of the pieces Mm were written prior to and some of them were written specifically um, for it you know wow. in in conjunction with the idea and the theme i'm gonna have to dig into that i had no idea yeah so that's pretty awesome yeah if you want to check that out you can well, like, thank you sim for there's that a little random tidbit about for that. that piece of info about one of my favorite records of all time i can't believe i didn't know that Huzzah. Like, you got me kid Huzzah. <laughs> um all right the next song that i'd like to talk about on this record is called baby Baby, 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 running, running, running every, everywhere. Baby, 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 running, 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 running everywhere. Baby, 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 looking, 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 looking what we do. Baby, 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 watching, watching, watching what you're doing too. Baby, 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 listen, 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 listen what we say. Baby, 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 talking, talking, walking, walking, want to play. Playing, 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 growing, 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 you and me to be. Have you, have you thought, thought of what you're making, baby, baby, up to be? So, um, the first thing I want to say is, I'm going to go out on a... It's probably not a limb, but it's a limb because I haven't talked to this man and asked him myself. But I firmly believe that this song is about watching his eldest child grow, uh, which I believe is Taylor. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. I think so. If I'm wrong, don't be mad at me, Bobby. Can you you tell the people at home, just in case they don't know, what a musical family this is, please? Uh, I mean, can I? So Bobby McFerrin, his offspring are also very talented uh, musicians with very different styles than their father. There is Taylor McFerrin, his son, who I believe this song is inspired um, by or... Quite possibly. Yeah. And then there's the daughter, Madison McFerrin. Uh, She's a singer, jazz vocalist. And I'm missing, um, I'm missing a child. I am. I feel bad. Hold on. Well, I'm not really missing a child because when we're talking about the musical family, I just mentioned 
the two musical offspring. Ah. The middle child, um, Javon, is an actor. Oh, dude. So, yeah, I don't want to like leave him out. But when I when I when we talk about the musical sure. offspring, we're very talking talented about family, a very, very talented, talented family, family indeed. Um, uh, yeah, the son is an amazing beatboxer. Yeah, his and I, I like his his compositions as well. I've I've checked him out live, and I've uh, checked out a couple of his albums. Have you ever seen them together? Videos of them working together? I have, it's and it's kind amazing. of fucking precious. It's and also pretty really amazing. Dope. Yeah, I got to see Bobby McFerrin with Chick Corea at a jazz nice. fest one year. Man, what an amazing show! And I I don't think that the people around me knew what they were seeing. <laughs> Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think they knew what a, heavy, that what a heavy thing this was that we were witnessing. But I also think that a lot of people don't really know how heavy Bobby McFerrin is. I think a lot of people hear Bobby McFerrin, the name, and they anybody that recognizes the name, most regular folk that don't you know dig for music are going to think, don't, don't worry, worry, be, be happy, happy. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, it's it's a great song, and there's a reason that that song has been so time, uh, sure. time not time withstanding. I know that's not the right phrase. It's been so no, that's the right phrase. Well known, and it's stood the test of time. Yes, that song is still popular to this day because it was a great and, in fact, infectious tune. It is. It is. But the the downside is that it it to some people, to most people, it pigeonholed him. It really did. It really and did. It, and the, it, it and really the funny limited. thing is, is that, that that record that that song is on has a lot of really amazing things on it. It's got it does. Some gems it's, on it. It's, that it's drive got, tune it's, yeah, it's a, is... A, it's a good album. Man, what a but great... But like people just... For whatever reason that... Focus on that don't worry, be happy. He won't Maybe play Maybe because the video had Robin Williams. I yeah, don't know. Well, I'm sure. I mean, they did, they did a lot of stuff together back then. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily enjoy playing that song anymore. I don't think he does play that song anymore. I don't think anymore. he does either. Anyway, uh, that particular tune, that's that baby tune, is a really happy, like bouncy. Yeah. I can I can hear that being. A, it sounds like you know the joy that a father has watching his. And son like I, I have no kids. I will probably never have kids. Uh, I can speak to it. It's but, it sounds like the joy that it like if you could give the joy that you feel watching your your offspring grow and watching them learn things and, and, you know, discover the world. If you could give that feeling a sound, it would be this song. And I, I, like I said, I don't have kids, but I get that feeling. I, this song totally gives me, he's a proud dad. He's a proud parent. Who's like watching this little baby, like grow and develop and become this curious, wonderful personality having, Being and the fact that he can convey that in such a playful, eloquent way, and also get that across, get that feeling across to someone that doesn't have a child, like yeah, yourself. Uh, It just speaks to his his genius. Uh, I think he's. I mean, of course, other musicians and other singers know Bobby McFerrin is a master. Uh, The general public, unfortunately, they do not know this, and I. It's my whole life I've been championing. Uh, Bobby McFerrin. And Man, his Bobby genius. McFerrin, like he's built his name on his on on his vocal skills and his beating on his body, using his right. body as a right. drum and using his body as a way to to, to alter the sound of yep. his vocals. And others have done it, but those that have done it point to him as their inspiration like yeah bobby is the he is the quintessential that yes yeah, this man know. has has made a career out of yes. it he's he's managed to do this again 
like like you know like the things that I appreciate about Stevie one of the things that I mentioned I appreciate about Stevie is that this guy Bobby McFerrin has managed to be himself and do him over multiple genres of music yeah. and never lose and you never lose him it yeah. never it's never well that's not him that's not right, what he would do right. that no he's always stayed true to who he who he is and who he has created himself to be mm -hmm. as an artist but he's been able to literally do master classes on classical music while also still being a a, a award-winning artist in r&b yeah. in jazz yeah. in bop which yeah. so who well the respected. frick even really knew that bop was still a genre that was out there but this man has managed to with his vocals really? alone you didn't know bop like, was out it. there hey man I thought Bop was, you know, Bop is jazz. Bop, man. I know, but like I thought they stopped saying Bop. But anyway, <laughs> my point is, Bobby McFerrin has literally made his whole career beating on his chest, yeah, and like and singing and his singing ass off, and like using his voice and he's, his body. He's, as an he's pretty amazing. He's pretty amazing. Um, I will say that uh, again, a lot of people have done. A lot of people have done like the loop pedal thing. A lot of people have done the vocal only thing. No one touches him. No nah. one touches him. And all are inspired, right? If you wanna, if you wanna Bye. see, if you wanna see serious master, master singing and the, a master of the voice, look up his rendition of Blackbird on YouTube. Look up, uh, look, look up. There, there's he plays an audience. Uh, I saw this video of him like he would step on the stage and tell the people in the audience, okay, when I stand here, this is the note. Okay, cool. They'll sing that back and he'll just jump from note to note and then he'll start going higher without telling them that that's what he's doing, but they catch on. He's like, he just starts playing them like an instrument. Yeah, I've seen that It's video. pretty fucking it's pretty brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to have your mind blown by... And I mean, just watch him play. Watch him play. There's like a video of him doing a song that I really like. It's called Thinking About Your Body. And he mm. is literally playing. Mm -hmm. He's just having fun. Mm -hmm. He's literally just, he's in front of a crowd and he's like talking to the crowd and he's just like having a good time. Yeah. I don't even think that he meant this to be a song. Well, I think that particular record was made up of improvs, wasn't it? I think so. Spontaneous Creations, I think it's called. Something like that. Hold on one second. Spontaneous Improvisations or something like that. Something like that. Spontaneous Inventions. Inventions, bam. Right. So I think there was a lot of stuff on that record that was spon a spontaneous creation of or invention. And it's just, will. it's amazing to watch him just play and just Look, create man. this amazing, infectious little tune. There's a reason that, that, us singers are fucking nerding out about this dude. Look him up. We got one more song from this record to talk about. What is it? So the last song I want to talk about on this record is, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I've gone through this a couple times now. There's always like, I when it gets to my last song, there's always two that I juggle between. Can I help you pick which one? Nope. Uh, um, so I'm just going to go with it. The, the, the last tune that I want to talk about is a tune called The Train. Uh, what was it? What was the other one you you were gonna pick? The other one was uh, angry. Oh, Jima. AKA Jima. See, you should have picked Jima. All right, the train. The train. Bobby McFerrin's 1990 release, Medicine Music. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 
this song. Wow. Wow. This song, first of all, this is an amazing tune. Man, is um, it? The groove, of course, I, you know, you guys, I'm sure you're, you're, you're laughing right now, those of you who have followed us, because I always at some point mention groove. Groove, but the groove and vibe. You've said and the vibe, vibe. I'll say that already. too. <laughs> the groove and the vibe of this particular song, it gives me, um, it gives me Brazilian. Oh, I yeah. love yeah, yeah, the yeah. way that in my mind, and I'm sure other people can hear it, I love that the way that he uses his breath and mm. his voice to mimic a beat and bow mm. and the sounds that it makes. This is one of the few songs that he actually does have some instrumentation on and he's got uh, a set of brothers, Pete and, uh, what's the other one? Pete and somebody, I think Pete and Juan Escovado, Escovedo, which I just like that name. <laughs> Escovado, Escovedo, that just sounds sound sexy as very, shit. I was just about to say they sound very sexy. That sounds so sexy, <laughs> hello. I'm Juan Escovado. Like, yes! Escovado. It's got to be Escovado. That's that's even more I sexy. think it's an E, though, so I think it's Escovado. Escovado. But in either case, you you could get it. You could get it, Juan. <laughs> Based on name alone, yeah. sir. Pete, I don't name know. And musical Pete, prowess you'd have alone. To, Pete, you'd have to make it sound like super sexy because Pete is Pete. But uh, Juan, <laughs> you can take me to dinner, homie. But nah, um, just joking, just talking shit. But yeah, um, he's got these brothers that are doing percussion, so they're giving the extra vibe and feel to this to this song they're giving they're 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 giving they're adding life to to what his vocals already bring you know everything funny? else in I here never, is vocals. there's I, no shaker it's just him i've been listening to this song my whole life like almost and no shit i never noticed that this was that there was instrumentation on this record yeah. for whatever reason i still thought this whole record was all vocals like yeah, my whole if you life. listen right now, like you can. Oh hear no, it I hear there. it. Yeah. I hear it. As soon as you mentioned, I was like, "Holy shit, you're right!" Like I haven't, I, I can't believe that I never noticed it before. But uh, it's definitely one of the reasons that this song always stuck out to me. It subconsciously, probably, uh, is this instrumentation. Word. Yeah. Good call, man. But yeah, this this um, this song, like I said, it's. It's the vibe and the mood. Now, did you think he was... Did did I hear you correctly before the show? Did you think he was saying I literally... Because the song has such a strong Brazilian uh, presence, vibe to it, I, like, really put my, like, headphones as loud as I possibly could to decipher if he was, in fact, singing in Portuguese. Right. No, he... A lot of what he does is all scat. A lot of it's it's a lot of made up onomatopoeia, if you will, and uh, it's funny because I was listening to an NPR interview with him where this this cat comes up to him, a linguist, after a, a show or a talk he gave or something, and he says, "So hey, where did you learn this crazy obscure African language?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? I don't know this African language that you're speaking of." He's like, "Oh no, in this song," and then he quotes him. No, when you say this, you're you're talking about this uh, in this crazy African language, and he's like, no, I, I'm just scatting, and so there, uh, you know, there's obviously obviously some sort of a some sort of a plug that he found that he's plugged directly into that, you know, some sort of otherworldly channeling type shit that's happening with this cat. I mean, I could the way that he approaches his music, I would definitely think that. I also want to just say that um, in this song, another thing that I really like about the song is despite the fact that he does in fact have the Escovedo brothers on percussion, <laughs> he still uses his voice towards the end of it to mimic 
and represent a djembe and he does it well like he sounds like a fucking djembe um i i'm loving the horn the the staccato bop bops that he's throwing in there with the the as, as if he's a horn as, as if he's got a horn section and his that lead vocals line, are like a trumpet solo and that bass line yeah his lead vocals are definitely like a trumpet solo but that bass line that he's got in it's uh it sounds like two-part harmony uh overdubbed a couple of times but goddamn, it grooves man it moves and this is this is this man not only is he a wizard vocally but his melodies and his arrangements and the the just the the tunes that he writes for him the beds on all his songs that for him to solo over as it were uh are just brilliant man they're just magnificent like i can't get enough of the, of the grooves that are in these tunes his grooves are usually infectious they really are um man. they really are and i want to give a shout out real quick to my song angry uh in quotes jima and sweet in the morning and yes you those are my three big ones off of this record those are the those are sweet the best in the morning sweet in the morning is cute it's, my... it's, it's a good one and i just want to say that um I'm, I'm glad you brought up sweet in the morning sweet in the morning and there's another song uh, on the album called discipline and the only reason i'm right. bringing these two songs up is because these two songs feature very important people mm. in bobby mcferrin's life and in his world he created a group called vocalstra yeah and that group is featured on the Sweet in the Morning song. Mm. And he also enlisted his father, Robert McFerrin uh, Sr., mm-hmm. to sing on Discipline. Very robust voice. Yeah. So I just wanted to point those two, those two things out. And you While know that group he put like together. My favorite joints on the album, they deserve to be mentioned yeah. because of those contributions. For sure. And you know the group he put together. They have to be monsters. You know they got to be sick as fuck. You know they got to be sick with him. I mean, Yeah. Um, so I guess we're at the point where I would grade this album. Yeah, where sure. Where we would, we would get to that, we, you know, where we would say sure. what we feel. So I'm going to giggle first <laughs> because I feel about this album the way Yo, that I think you my felt. fucking right now, though. Yeah. Yeah, my neighbors are fucking right now. Yo, get that nut. <laughs> all right, anyway, go ahead. Um... But uh, yeah, fuck you got me all, whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, I feel about this album the way that you felt about the Steve record. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> uh, and when I say that, this is a cool record. And without question, it displays his fucking musical prowess, right. his skill, his talent, like all of these things that we are beyond aware that exist mm-hmm. in this fucking light beam of a being. And would you agree um, with me that this is one of his uh, different, like as far as his, if you look at his discography, this one stands out sonically as being kind of a different, a slightly different direction for him in relation to his other like straightforward jazz or his pop type stuff? Um. I don't know. I've also heard some of his later albums, like Circle Songs and uh-huh. uh, uh, what was the one that had Layout on it? I can't think of the name of that album right now. But I've heard other albums of his that has that have that have that have that this album gives me a comparable vibe okay. to. I have. Um, but I'm gonna say that in relation to other Bobby albums that I've heard, mm-hmm. this album for me is is a b 
it's really? it's a great album that you know like it, it definitely displays again his his talent his skill all that um all right well okay we'll grade it but against there's a few other... songs that i skip on this album so there's, there's several joints that i'll skip on here you're doing bobby the way you do stevie the way the way i did stevie like grading him against himself is bobby yeah. that kind of dude i mean like is he his only who competition else, who else does what bobby does yeah you're right like You're nobody right, for sure okay. and i mean like even if you go into You're absolutely right like groups like well actually you would have to go into groups you have to to deal with you would have to like get into Manhattan even then, transfer even or then. other and and that's not fair because this man is doing it by his goddamn right. self so there yeah. is no one to compare him to. you're right you're right okay so, so comparing him to bobby other people, you doing give him a bobby what, a b, you said from yeah i give it a b because there's other there's other bobbies that i appreciate okay. a little bit more like there's the bobby with the with the yeah. like the drive and like there's there's other albums that i've heard that have like touched me more sure um but this is still a great album okay. and it's it's still completely amazing and it, there's no denying his talent there's no de- denying the the time and energy and mm-hmm. thought that he put into each of these arrangements and it's a it's a great piece of work but we're speaking on a personal level and what it essentially makes me feel and all that type of razzmatazz sure and this is a solid b okay i get that but i love bobby and I'm I'm not like, but yeah. Right on. For me, um, this record, just because of where it stands in my life, like I can't tell, like I can't get across how important this record became to me after my aunt Sharon gave it to me. Not only because she's an important person in my life, um, you know, I've got a lot of records that are like super important to me because my mother gave them to me or because my father gave them to me or whatever. But uh, my aunt Sharon gave me this one. This was the one, and I would fall asleep to these songs. I would do my artwork to these songs. I would ride my bike to these songs. I mean, this I played this tape out. This is an A-plus in my life, like in the pantheon of albums that I listen to in my life. This is like top, top five, man. This is in my top five of like desert album or des- desert island albums. Word, I respect so, that. Yeah, this I is totally a solid A plus for me. Uh, I would say the same thing about Bobby that that we said about Stevie. Uh, get familiar, buy the rest of his stuff as well if you liked any of the stuff you heard here. Uh, I think he's probably the best singer that I've ever heard in my life. Like no shit. Yo, I might have to. I I, I can agree no with that because he he does he does he does more than sing, right? But yeah, like I said, man, he's plugged into something. Yeah, he's plugged into Definitely. something that's that's just otherworldly. It really is. It really is. I agree with that. All right, so uh, I gave Medicine Music, nineteen ninety, Bobby McFerrin, uh, an A plus. What did you give it? I gave it a B. A B. And I gave what it a did, solid B. And I gave. And I gave the Stevie Wonder album. A solid A. Solid A. And I what'd gave. You give it? I gave it a solid B minus against against other Stevie shit. I don't want anybody saying that I think that's a B minus record in general. It's an A plus record in general, but against other Stevie shit, that's a B minus record. So real quick, Sybil, uh, what what do you want to do next week? I think what did we talk about? We talked about doing live records, right? I think so. Okay, so do you have a live record that you can give me that's good that you think I might like? 
I have a live record that I hope you'd like. You hope oh, that I really like. <laughs> that's always like when we say that. That's code for like I don't think you're gonna like it. <laughs> I I I think you're gonna appreciate some of the beautiful things that happen on this record. Okay. At least in my opinion, there are some beautiful things that happen on this record. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that this record selection is going to surprise you. All right. <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead on and give it to you. Give it to me. Uh, the album that I gonna that I'm gonna give you is a two disc record. Uh huh. And it is Allison Krauss Allison and Union Krauss Station. And Union Station. Live. What kind of music is this? This is like bluegrass, Blue- contemporary, contemporary bluegrass, bluegrass type from vibe. Sybil Chanel. Yeah, Sybil Chanel is giving me contemporary, contemporary bluegrass. bluegrass. Yo, dude, I'm a, I'm gonna save this for the podcast, but I'm uh. gonna say that. I was so moved by this record. Really? I literally, when this woman, when they came to Jazz Fest, uh-huh. I literally dropped everything All right. to go like see them and well, like to stand there. If you're and, giving like, it such people. high praise, I will, I will look past the fact that it's another double album. It is, um, bro. Hopefully, it is. I, it's, it's an easy listen. Uh, the record I want to give you is 1994, Steely Dan, Alive in America. Steely Dan. Steely Dan, Alive in America. Alive in America. Yeah. Okay. My Uncle Mike, uh, the great jazz drummer, Mike Smith, this was his favorite record of all time. He told me, he was like, look, the band on this record, the songs, the arrangements, what they do with their older material, uh, you know, years and years later in the 90s when they recorded these tunes live, it's pretty amazing. I love these tunes. Steely Dan, Alive in America. Alive in America. You and I were sitting outside of the bar the other night, and one of their tunes came on, and you were like, why do I know this? I was like, Steely Dan's another one of those groups that like, you don't realize you know their tunes, but you do. Okay. So when you listen to this, I think I think you'd be like, oh, I know this tune. Oh, and this one too. Like Steely Dan is is a group like that, but they're uh, absolute geniuses. They're also kind of weird lyrically. They're weird... Seriously, they're weird cats. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. They're weird and funky and jazzy and fucking just some weird jazzy white boys, man. Okay. I'm down to check it out. Steely Dan is the shit. I think you're going to like it. So you've got Allison Krauss and Union Station. And you've got uh, Steely Dan Alive in America. Okay. Yeah. So that was episode seven of Highly Heard. Sybil, where can the people find us? Look us up on Twitter at Heard Highly. Look us up on Instagram, Highly Heard. We are also on Facebook. In fact, all you really need to do is Google Highly Heard, Highly heard and all the rest of that shit will pop up. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Yeah. and Wear Sybil, a sticker on your mom's refrigerator. We're everywhere. Where can the people find you? You can find me at A Lovely Triangle. Uh, check out my music there. You can find me on Instagram, Sybil, Sybil, Chanel, Chanel. I'm on Facebook also, but just look up a lovely triangle and you'll find out all you need to know about yours truly. Ro, where are you at? Uh, look up MC No One, M-C-K-N-O-W-O-N-E on uh, iTunes or anywhere that MP3s are sold internationally. I'm there. Check out my group Neon Void and also uh, look up my artwork at rowansmithdesigns.com and check out the group that Sybil and I are a part of. Right. Collectively, we are the Asylum the Chorus. The Asylum Chorus. Yeah. Check us out at theasylumchorus.com. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
this was highly heard episode seven thank you episode seven have a great night morning afternoon day we love you holla on twitter say some shit tell us how you feel we'll talk back okay okay (laughs) okay peace Stepped on the signifying monkey's yeah. feet. He said, "Motherfucker, don't you know? You standing on my goddamn toe." And it was like a, the badass line said, "Motherfucker, I ain't heard a word you said, but if you say it again, I'ma step on your head." <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? And I don't know if that's how it goes or not. I've never looked it up. It's pretty close. <clears throat> but it's yeah, close. <laughs> my dad used to tell me that shit some kind of way, because that's where I heard it from. <laughs> Dolomite. I loved I used to love Dolomite.